Hey there, welcome to the in-between. That was really fast. I was going to say, you jumped right in there. I had one of those things like my I was catching my breath. John's excited because anyway. he's about to have donuts and kolaches. That's it's right. It's true. I am trying to not eat them in the middle of this. Yeah. He's like, because Let's I've go. gotten made fun of for eating during Well, he this didn't before. bring anyone else any. <laughs> that is so wrong. Well, it is well, you didn't, but it's because you asked it's because you asked and we didn't say anything. That's right. That's true. Except Colson. Well, I did I did you say you yelled at me. I actually said no thank you. Yeah. You said no thanks. Exclamation part point. Exclamation <laughs> park. Is, <laughs> which is yelling. Okay. I I don't count that as yelling. yelling. I, I think know. I thought all caps. Yeah, yeah, all caps is yelling. No, thank you. That's how my my mom likes it. If my mom's listening to this podcast, I love you, mom. But a lot of times when you do like ten exclamation marks, then I'm like, they look so cute. That's what she says. Oh my goodness. I'm like. So you're saying it's when she sees pictures of your kids? Maybe. <laughs> this that doesn't matter. We're just talking. John, jump in quickly. But we're we're excited to be here. We're excited you're listening. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Alan. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Col- Colson. We're excited you're back with us. Thank. We had that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, Paul, you want to explain why you're saying that? Yeah. Last week, when Colson threw out the softball, like, "Hey, it's good to all be back together," and then. We all were like, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> you're like, "You're like, you're like." We all Paul went was, back together. Paul was gone for sabbatical, <laughs> <laughs> and then when I got home, or after, whenever it posted, Jill was like, "You know, Colson hadn't been there for like two weeks." Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. "Yeah," I was like, no. I was like, no, no I didn't. <laughs> like, "Yeah, that clearly was a softball." Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, it's good didn't to be back, and we so were supposed much? to be like, "It's good to be back, Colson." <laughs> like, Let's get on so with this. Why? Where have you been, Colson? Yeah. <laughs> You've been gone. <laughs> oh man, it's uh, should take that up with your supervisor. True that. Well, <laughs> just really excited about Jill telling you what happened in the in between. I know that's, that's good. so good. I love that. Uh, and and the Lord uses different situations to keep you humble. That's so exactly right. That's right. That's what it was about. We were just helping God out. <laughs> just oh, helping God. God. No, oh man. All right, y'all turn this off. <laughs> yeah. So turning over to First Peter. Yeah, we're join, jumping into chapter four, and nice. this is, I mean, today we're going to have to do on the podcast what the podcast was actually created to do, yeah. which is essentially to just overhear us talking about a passage that we're going to be teaching about um, down through chapter four. And we've actually got um, a couple of, at the, when we get to the end, um, John Redfern Sr. will be teaching the last section if i remember correctly isn't that right isn't that what i said i think so something like that it was not what i expected him to choose he picked so i threw out to a whole bunch sorry no oh no 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 no. that's actually going to start in five sorry they both picked five um chris do you do you always do this like when when you're teaching through something do you kind of pitch it out to different people yes okay Yeah, yeah i send out to different people and it's one of the advantages of teaching straight through there's a lot of advantages of teaching straight through but one of them is i can actually just send an email out that says Hey, is there a section of this that you love to teach? That's like your very, very favorite thing to teach. And once he hears back, that's when he plans his vacations. Sometimes that's that's actually more true than not. But that's a oh. if if only if only I was that good at knowing when those things no, were going to. Yeah, well, happen. true that. Um, so usually six weeks out is when I have a sense of confidence. Yeah, we'll, we'll be here at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, he's going to be in five. But I was expecting him to choose uh, four eight. Um, in that 
that area because four eight is I mean it's one of those scriptures. I'm yeah we we heard it so many times growing up. Oh really? Yeah, it was it was it was like the oh love covers a multitude of sins. Dad stuff? parenting. Yes. Well, no, like yes, yes, because love covers a multitude of sins. But he's he was always like, no, y'all love each other deeply, not earnestly, we right? Deeply, um, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Like we we you know when my sisters and I would we were being ugly to each other. And it's like that. This is not. Anytime you're ugly to somebody because they're ugly to you, it doesn't actually help anything. So, above That's all else, love each other deeply. Not exactly what Jesus taught. No. It wouldn't be ugly to somebody when they're ugly to you. Yeah, no. I don't it, think we, that's in there. You know, we weren't really listening to Jesus in that moment. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to speak for all of my sisters and me. And we, you. <laughs> we weren't, those moments weren't, weren't filled with a whole lot of the Holy Spirit for us. So, anyway, that's why Dad would step in. Love each other deeply. So, do you, think, do you think you'll get to eight? I didn't look at your no six. No. You think six? Six yeah. is six is the hope. The yeah. hope is to get through six. How do you typically break down a um, section of what you are going to cover? It it has to do with I try to break it down in terms when, when I'm when I'm spending the time necessary in, in advance. I try to break it down in terms of not more than one or two main thoughts that I want to unpack. Um. One is best because we don't have time for that. Yeah, and and it just, I feel like it just muddies, especially in a sermon setting. It muddies so much if you if you're trying to make two or three significant points in the same forty minutes. It's just like people walk away with none of it. Versus if you focus in on just on one main point or maybe one main point and then a minor point, but um. This one, this one is really building into the idea of, of what it's going to look like. Suffering is going to look like, and I, and why we're willing to suffer. And Peter really in this section starts looking ahead to the afterlife as a motivation. So it's mostly been appreciation up until now, appreciation for what Christ has done, and now we're going to start looking at appreciation for what Christ is going to do, or motivation. And that's that feels to me like a big thought here. Um, anyway, I'm always. Um Verse three is always really humbling to me. I guess the best way that I can put it, when he says, "For the time uh, is past," or "For the time is that is past." That is past. Thank you. I was like, that doesn't make sense. Nope. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do: living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, uh, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery there's that i don't not say i'm not confessing to any particular sin inside of that (laughs) list but it's that like moment of like um yeah you don't like you had enough time doing all that stuff yeah um and i think when i was growing up i was like but i didn't really god like right and and you saved me too soon yeah i was like (laughs) save me before the fun stuff i was like uh I was always really like humbled by the the fact that there I I mean being honest I was like a little bit frustrated like I I was 10 years old and you know I had sin in my life but like I didn't get to do any of that fun stuff mm. and I was like that's so jacked up that that's where my brain went with that right 
please God save me from myself like now. Um, and that was, that was, a um, when I was 22, I think, um, some, no, I, I must've been like 24. Um, I remember having a conversation with God in my living room and I was walking around. Um, and this is a little insight into what happens when John's alone sometimes. So my prayers turn into these, like I'm, I'm walking around with my eyes open. I'm not usually kneeling on the ground. Um, uh, but that's a good habit. Do that too. Um, but I was walking around with my eyes open. I was talking to God about some frustrations that I was having and things like that. And it just like his voice inside of me was like, you, you're still thinking that you need me in the future or that you needed me in the past. You need me right now. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, that's hard to deal with. Cause I think that my natural tendency is to try to figure out how to do all the things by myself. Right. Um, and that's a lot of what verse three, I think is, is a reminder to me that like, that you don't, you don't need that stuff. I know that he says the time is past or the time that is past suffices for those things. Like, you know, there was no time that was, these were not good things then. These weren't good things. Yeah. Then. That's not the imp- implication. No, like that's, you don't, you don't need to, you don't need to, you don't need to worry about that stuff. Y- y'all both, Paul and John, y'all both went through Ecclesiastes with me at one point, didn't you? Did y'all do uh, discipleship when we would summarize yeah, each I chapter? You talked. I mean, like we've talked about it plenty. I okay. didn't. I wasn't actually part of the group. But Chris, okay. you're asking me about things that happened. Like, well, I don't. I'm asking because I don't remember if you were there. <laughs> Twenty so years it's not ago, like I'm, <laughs> I wasn't there. Yeah, Colson was not there. I think so, but I don't remember. We would we summarize each chapter when we when I do discipleship with men and we go through Ecclesiastes and and that's this section. I'm going to reference some of that stuff. Just yes, that you have a man who has essentially limitless resources tell himself no to nothing. Yeah. And so I'm going to see which of these things gives me value and purpose and which things actually I go, okay, now this is what life is about. And I don't know how many decades he spent doing it. None of them. But every single one of the things that I would be tempted to build my life on other than Christ, Solomon tried in ways that I don't have the resources Resources, to try. Yeah, you don't even have the access. Yeah, I couldn't. I mean, even if I I dedicated the rest of my life to saying, you know what, I'm going to try to gather up 700 wives and 300 concubines so that I could have a different woman every night for three years or multiple women or whatever it is on a different and realizing I'm not going to be able to pull that off. I was never going to be able to pull that off. And Solomon did pull that off. And at the end of it said, it's a huge freaking waste. It did not, it didn't offer anything. So you have Solomon like going into this research project on himself after knowing God. And then in the end coming back, I think, this is where Ross Strader and I would disagree, but you know Ross Ross thinks that 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 essentially so- Solomon is celebrating at the end of Ecclesiastes what he's learned. Like so, everyone gather up. It's all about respecting God, fearing Him, and serving Him only. This is the only may. Invalid. I I think it's defeated. I think yeah. he is head in his hands. Like uh, I don't think he's excited about it. I think it is. You know what? I I tried every hammer. They're all broken. The anvil is still sitting there. I'm, I have been utterly defeated by life, by the truth of God, and I tested it all, and it didn't work out. And I, that's how I think. And I've done enough counseling with people who have lived their life based on one of these things, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking, lawless idolatry, et cetera, 
and they're not happy about it. Yeah. They, I, I have not yet had one say, man, I know there's jokes about the whole, you know, I spent my life on fast living and there used to be a t-shirt about that. I spent my life on fast living and loose women and hard liquor and all the rest I wasted or something like that. <laughs> and so, but that's not, that is not at all that yeah. what I hear from people is the time spent here was a waste. Well, and it's easy to, and I think this is the point, like when he says with respect to these, uh, they're surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and they malign you. So it's, it's kind of pointing to that like envy of, these people that seem to have this easier life or this, this life that they get to do whatever they want. Right. Um, or they, they pursue these things, um, that I think in our flesh we want to pursue. Um, but then he says, but they will give a account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you build your whole life on this, mm, not good. Yep. And this is again, another one of those fascinating things where Peter is talking to a Gentile audience Right. Including then something that they obviously are coming immediately out of, which is a lifestyle that a Gentile would live typically of this time. Right. And yet Peter then not only identifies with them in their former life, but then immediately throws an identity statement and says that it is their former life because he's no longer talking to them as Gentiles. Right. He's now excluding them from that list of description. Um, Because, yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, it's, it's a great breakdown back to the fact that it's six verses here because the first three really are an address to these new Christians and really their Christian behavior that would come appropriately yeah. from a response of Christ's victory in suffering. Um, and then, I mean, that's how one starts is that for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. And so is if Christ is victorious in this and he accomplishes this in you, then you can be victorious in this, victorious right. in this. Um, this isn't, you know, kind of our uh, Catholic brothers and sisters who use it to to build up the concept of purgatory, that it is actual suffering that removes mm. your sin. Right, um, right. So what do you call it when you when you hit yourself, when you beat yourself? Flagellation? Flagellate? Flagellation. <laughs> no, that's a whole other issue. Sorry. Flat, we don't we don't have that in a sound effect. <laughs> and there we go. But that same thing, like I have to actually beat myself in order to pay for yeah it isn't that the suffering accomplishes the removal salvation of yeah sin but it is that sanctification christ's suffering provides yeah the, yeah. the victorious element for a, a successful salvation life um especially at this time which is what he's talking about in this in this flesh in this world and so you have the first three that are all identifying with you know what is this right christian behavior and then you see the response of such a conversion and then kind of the what then the world will see from right Christian behavior because that's where four through six then transitions back to Gentiles as the, as the focus. Um, and so it's kind of the everything that they would be reading in the latter three verses they would probably be quickly identifying with, and yet Peter has set up the first three verses to let them know that, yeah, it's, it's very appropriate that you would feel a connection to this Yep. You're not connected to it anymore. Right. That's exactly yeah, there's, right. There's there's no reason why you need to be stuck. Okay. Well, then talk to me about verse six then, because this is, I we, I forgot it whenever we were uh, talking about <laughs> the uh, spirits being preached to before, or not preached to, the that Jesus, you know, descended into hell. Um, that conversation, I forgot 
verse 6 of 4 whenever we were talking about that. For this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. I think that's what I was thinking whenever I thought that it was um, Jesus actually going to... Yeah, a lot of people think it is. Sheol. A lot of people do think these passages mirror that. each other. Right. And that this would this would be here you would be using dead to mean spirits. Yeah. And so some people think they're connected, some people don't. But is it is it men who are keep in mind though, you just had an entire conversation about men who are people who are dead in the flesh but alive in the spirit. Yeah. And so the judge the living and the dead you're going to have all types of connections to the idea of someone. What does it mean for someone to be dead? What is he, who is he referencing here? Is this those who are living and those who are dead? Is this a connection to judgment that, that they will have that proclaimed as well to them? The proclamation yeah. of this will be for the living and the dead. Um, most, most commentators don't like the idea of, and again, they, they admit, okay, is it possible that Peter here means literally that preachers are walking up and down in front of dead bodies and preaching to them, hoping that they hear something? I mean, in in the language as a standalone, it could indicate that, but that, that just doesn't yeah, make no, any sense. It just doesn't make any yeah. sense given anything that Peter's done or said, and it doesn't fit with anything that we've got from the gospel so far. If you just had this one verse, if you said, hey, they preached to people who were living and were dead— if that's all you had, you could come away and say, wow, they preached to dead bodies. But there's nothing in this otherwise to indicate that that's the correct understanding here. It probably means either those who, like, like think about when it talks about that the um, uh, that he will judge the quick, and the, we're talking about this judging the quick and the dead. Mm-hmm. That idea the meaning, men. I believe what I there believe. you go, good. That's That idea is he will judge those either, You've got those who were directly raptured to judgment versus those who were dead in Christ. Mm-hmm. Or it means the idea that they were, you have the dead, meaning the eternal dead, and the eternal living, and that both are going to be judged. Mm. Yep. Um, and that's, that's if, you, if you go with four into six, they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead, for this is why the gospel is preached even to those who are dead. You don't want to take those two words dead and say they mean two different things. Right. And so it either means those who are dead now, and it was preached to them when they were alive, mm-hmm. um, or it means we preach to people even who are lost, even if we think they're going to stay lost. Even it's it's still worth sharing the gospel to those who are not going to accept it. They'll be dead, yep. and that they will face judgment as dead people. So I, I think there's some weird teaching that has come from this that I'd, I've never thought was necessary. I mean, I think you've got to twist it more to make it sound like yeah. that versus no, no, they, they were, they're dead. They may have been alive earlier, but they're dead now. Yeah. And we've talked about this, I think in several other platforms of like the, the understanding of, yeah, I could see that in our carnal flesh. We would actually want that. You know, this is kind of Absolutely. one of those ideas of scripture that we would want to choose. We would want that everybody in their death gets a second chance, yep. you know, to stand before the throne, kind of a, um, you know, back to some of the, uh, C.S. Lewis kind of imagery in right. his in his fiction seems to point towards some of this as maybe a possibility that he would like. Now he also the argument can't be as strongly made because there is in his nonfiction some clear denial of it as well. And so, you know, we've talked about that same thing of like understanding. Yeah, I can I can relate to why you would want to be torn with that because we would in the same way I want universalism to work out. I think that's why Lewis wrote the books. 
is what to correct what no to no to to express to express like yeah. his desire for it absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. and i and, and again, almost to give people like that opportunity now like read this yeah yeah, yeah don't yeah. wait till then don't wait till then All right and and that is i think also very clear that peter's making here is that wh- who we're seeing judged in 6 is almost in a sense of if if the martyr had gone before if if, if the christ follower has died faced judgment and even in his death has faced judgment and Christ's suffering has, again, bought him a salvation that he can live. His lack of life now is still better than the life lived in three with all those sins. Mm. And it's really kind of that oh, interesting. Sin's, li- sin's ultimate last effect is only physical death. And I think that's what we see here with an eternal God is that mm. all sin can do and its last effect for us is kill our mortal bodies. But for those who have believed, then we have an internal life and a spiritual life that goes on from there. You sure you don't want Paul to preach this section? That was good. That was good right there. Um, uh, amen. That's right. reference. In other words, that they judge the living and the dead, mm-hmm. the dead being those who are living in, ironically, mm-hmm. sensuality, passion, drunkenness, etc. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start eating my donuts here. now because, I mean, we can just end now. <laughs> that was good. Um, yeah, making that connection to living dead, living dead, that, that clearly is a play. Mm-hmm. I'm also, uh, it's fascinating to me that the verse one, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. That's a, that's a fascinating that's, term, yeah. ter- use of term, arm yourself with a way of thinking. And, uh, well, that means that's absolutely what I think you have to do. It's yeah. I mean, we can totally understand that, that that is a, it, it comes from, so Greek soldiers were called hoplites. Yeah. Um, which just means armed essentially the hoplon weapon. And, uh, and so they were carrying, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So that is a, the idea that we're, you're supposed to, it's almost like the Greek gird. I mean, the, the, the Hebrew gird up your loins. Um, prepare yourself for battle. Go in and gather your weapons. Um, there's a there's a few great movie scenes of that that I'm trying to decide if I want to reference one of them. So I think about like um, not even not even that. You you know how um, like Tim McDonald's is a de- detective, uh-huh. right? Most of the time when you see him when he's working, he's not wearing a. Uh, a bulletproof vest. No, oh, bulletproof he is vest. wearing a sidearm. I was going to say. He's not wearing a bulletproof vest. But I have to imagine there's some de- parts of his job where he puts on a bulletproof vest. Right. Right? To go do this thing. And it's like that. It's like most of the time he's not hmm. he's not expecting something to happen, but there's right. there's a moment when he says things are could get ugly right now and I'm going to put on this bulletproof vest. Yep. And it's like that that reminder to Christians, like, hey, 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 no, like you need to you need to understand that suffering, following Christ means suffering is coming. Put on your armor, like arm yourself, knowing that Christ is who we're following. Right. Put put on the bulletproof vest because you know you're going to get shot at today. When you think when he's when when Peter here says since therefore and same way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Do you think that goes back up to 18? 
3.18, for Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous or unrighteous, to bring us to God. Yeah. I like think it's all, all the way think, back up. Yeah, 18, the end of 21 and 22, because all, like when we were going through those sections, like it, the end of 21 and 22 clearly go back to 18 as right. well. So yeah, right. I think that that central thought is is what P- Peter's almost making the connection between his two previous years. He's saying, because of that, now go all the way back to 315. And which is now, again, the call to the behavior response to this, the purpose. Having the heart of having no fear, mm-hmm. not be troubled, honor Christ as holy, and be prepared to make a defense. Yeah. That that's the arm, that's what you're supposed to arm yeah. yourself yeah, with. I think okay, so. That's what I think so, too. I think you're supposed to arm yourself as in be ready. I okay. think that's what he's saying. Be ready with those things because, I mean, that's what, when a soldier puts on his armor, when he, you know, picks up his sword and his shield and all of that stuff, he's saying, I'm ready for this. I, I know what I'm about to do. Right. I like that. Anyway. That's the, I'm trying to put together what I what I was thinking for when he says, this is this is what I mean, right? And I I think because he he's jumped around a lot, and the phrase, mm-hmm. um, the phrase of having this this same thing, um, with the same way of thinking, same way of thinking, etc., has suffered in the flesh, has ceased from sin, because he he means the same way of thinking that Jesus mm-hmm. had, that Jesus is give telling us to have in his suffering. And that's maybe it goes all the way back even to unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, yeah. tender heart. I've never I've never thought of it as like a an exchange of clothes before now. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, instead of girding yourself with like your you know, when you're in um when you're not in wartime, I'm sure mm-hmm. for those of you that have actually done that i have not um when you're when you're not like in in the battle when when you know you're not in imminent danger there's a different mindset and i'm sure that mindset goes a lot to like uh, trying to relax trying to comfort yourself in whatever way you can right i mean that's why a lot of soldiers coming back from war self-medicating on i'm sure yeah alcohol and things like that and it's like that's not where it's almost like that's not where we are for the uh for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin meaning whoever is like in the midst of the battle isn't worried about the things that don't matter anymore oh i totally mm-hmm. i think there is yeah. both practical a what we talked about a minute ago the um the identification with Christ in it, in that, right. like he suffered and was done, like he was done with flesh and suffered, done with the sins of the flesh and never troubled by them in the mm-hmm. same way we are. Eh. But I think there's also a practicality to them of just, I mean, once you've faced the real hardship, the lesser is not that tempting or not mm-hmm. that powerful. Right. Um, once you've had to face the fear to the point of death, the fear of, you know, having to say no to your flesh because it, wants something that's not good probably is a lot easier to say no no i've already they already tried to burn me alive and and i made that i survived that i can survive this or anyway i've sat in prisons for for days and weeks and months at a time without any of the comforts of the flesh now i get back home 
and they're just not that. You yeah, know, it's just it's really the temptation just isn't there like it used to be. Right. I've I've now suffered in such a way that the temptation isn't the same as it was. Yeah. So I mean, if you're struggling a lot with sin right now, maybe you should be asking for suffering. That's, uh, that's tough. All right. Well, you know, be encouraged. I guess. <laughs> Ouch. 